Ken Buck has become a very interesting character that we've been circling back to from time to time. He's a Republican congressman from Colorado. And in two primary areas, he starts sounding a lot more reasonable than MAGA Republicans, the election and their impeachment effort into Joe Biden. He called it impeachment theater. And before going any further, let me make something really clear. None of what I'm saying here ignores the fact that Ken Buck voted for a crazy speaker of the House like Mike Johnson, or it's not ignoring the fact that he's wrong on so many important policy issues. And those things absolutely matter. But it's important to point out when people are willing to call out the extreme MAGA part of the Republican Party and reject it in words and also in actions. And Ken Buck did, for example, vote to certify Biden's 2020 election victory, which is the lowest bar you could possibly imagine. But that's where we are right now. And Ken Buck announced today that he will not be running for re-election because, number one, he doesn't feel like the GOP is able to accomplish the things he wants to see accomplished. And number two, he's tired of members of his own party being consumed by the big lie that Donald Trump won the 2020 election. And we'll talk about the importance of people like Ken Buck, Adam Kinzinger, and others calling out all of this after watching the clip. Here is Ken Buck on MSNBC making this announcement. How does it, how do they, how do you unite behind decisions, complicated decisions with such a thin margin? What about your own role? Yeah, well, I have decided, uh, Andrea, I'm not going to seek re-election. And, you and, too? Yeah, I am uh, joining Kay and, and probably some others in, in the near future, but uh, I've decided that uh, it is time for me to do some other things. I I'm, uh, always have been disappointed with the, our inability uh, in Congress to deal with major issues, and I'm also disappointed that the Republican Party continues to uh, you know, rely on this lie that the 2020 election was stolen and, and rely on the uh, January 6th narrative and, and the political prisoners from January 6th and other things. It's, if we're going to solve difficult problems, we've got to deal with some very unpleasant truths uh, or lies and, and make sure that we, uh, we project to the public uh, what the truth is. Now, again, if the Republican Party was productive in the ways in which Ken Buck wants it to be, it would probably do a whole lot of things that I wouldn't like. But it's important that he is willing to say having a functional and healthy party in a democracy requires a basic respect for that democracy. And so much of the Republican Party has just completely abandoned that respect in service of Donald Trump's big lie or his election lies. And most importantly, the actions that those election lies are used to justify the attempt to prevent the peaceful transfer of power in 2021, for example. And I know some of you may suggest and, and put forward that Ken Buck is reportedly looking to work for CNN after he is out of Congress. So maybe that's why he's saying these things, which in a way that does indeed make this feel less impactful. But in another sense, I would rather someone who chooses the truth on the subject and gets a comfy job for it than someone who chooses lies on the subject and also has a comfy job in Congress. And Kim Buck has also been calling out his party's abandonment of the rule of law, whether it be, as previously mentioned, wanting to install a Trump president despite the election results, or many MAGA members wanting to defund or even abolish, as Matt Gates said, the FBI because of their investigations into Donald Trump, them attempting to hold him accountable for potential violations of the law, and then MAGA's attacks against the DOJ more broadly for those same reasons. Here's a video of him. Uh, that he posted on X calling out Republicans. Our nation is on a collision course with reality and a steadfast commitment to truth, even uncomfortable truths, is the only way forward. Too many Republican leaders are lying to America, claiming that the 2020 election was stolen. 
describing January 6th as an unguided tour of the Capitol and asserting that the ensuing prosecutions are a weaponization of our justice system. These insidious narratives breed widespread cynicism and erode Americans' confidence in the rule of law. It is impossible for the Republican Party to confront our problems and offer a course correction for the future while being obsessively fixated on retribution and vengeance for contrived injustices of the past. This trend among Republicans is a significant departure from the enduring principles of conservatism. We belong to the party of Abraham Lincoln and Ronald Reagan. Our movement has always been fueled by immutable truths about human nature, individual liberty, and economic freedoms. The Republican Party of today, however, is ignoring self-evident truths about the rule of law and limited government in exchange for self-serving lies. Now here's the freaky part. Here is another one down. And what is the likelihood that someone more unreasonable than Ken Buck takes over his seat? Pretty good. And so now we've seen this same pattern with Mitt Romney, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, and now Ken Buck. You speak out against Donald Trump's election lies, and very likely you'll either be booted or you'll be fed up enough to boot yourself out of your position of power, which means the Republican Party is just becoming more and more hardcore MAGA. And because of the fact that as Kim Buck calls out, MAGA is uninterested in serious governance, we're increasingly dealing with a party that is nearly impossible to work with. We have to deal with the nonsense of people like Marjorie Greene, Louis Gohmert, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, Lauren Boebert, making it nearly impossible to implement real solutions for the American people, which is obviously really unfortunate, unless Democrats have solid majorities in the House and Senate, which hopefully we can make happen in 20. 24. Now, I brought up the name a couple of times of Adam Kinzinger, another Republican who spoke out against Trump's attempt to steal the 2020 election, and he ended up not running for re-election. He did an interview on CNN where he talked about the kind of backlash that he received because of his decision to stand for our democracy and against Donald Trump. And this serves as a reminder of what MAGA will do to you if you speak out against the dear leader, take a look. In the book, you also describe sort of the, per I mean, a lot of, it's very personal. It, it's the personal messages that you received after mm -hmm. voting to impeach the former president, not just from, you know, people in your in your district, but from family yeah. members. So I had family that sent a certified letter disowning me. They said, I've lost the trust of great men like Sean Hannity, Just funny, but they believe that. They said I was a member of the devil's army. You know, we had people that would call and threaten to kill my, at the time, five-month-old child or say he, they wish he would die. Um, you think about that. I had my co-pilot from Iraq, Anderson. It's one of the most like intense bonds you can build. Sure. Who texted me and said he was ashamed to have ever flown with me and served with me. Why? Because I disagreed with his view of Donald Trump. And he didn't like the fact that I was telling him the truth when it's so much more comfortable, comfortable to believe something else. So I talk about in the book, I, 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 I hopefully mince no words in saying I bear some responsibility for this. And I accept my role in the party to a point but I also recognize that we're in a really bad place. And until we talk about it, and I think my story kind of encapsulates the slide of the GOP, uh, we're gonna have a really sick nation until they get better. So obviously, pretty brutal. Donald Trump and his allies have successfully created a world for their followers to live in, this alternate world, not the real one, but this little special one for them, where the election was stolen and it was okay for Trump to put together a slate of fake electors and just fraudulently assert them to be the real ones to justify Trump just staying in power despite the results of the election and trying to disenfranchise millions of voters, having his lawyers tamper with voting machines, pressuring election officials to fraudulently find votes and on and on it goes. 
And if you don't agree to all those things, then you deserve in their mind to be threatened, degraded, and abandoned by people who live within that world. And it's pretty heartbreaking to think about, and it's heartbreaking to think about how difficult it's going to be to get past this moment where that is the case. Yes, at some point, Trump will no longer be politically relevant, but the infrastructure of this alternate world will definitely remain. The media outlets that have become designed to pump out information aligned with the world, those will still exist. And how we combat that and eventually how we see those things in the rearview mirror, I really don't know. It's going to be difficult, but voting, <laughs> number one. Here was more of this interview with Adam Kinzinger where he outlines the threat of Donald Trump getting into power once again. Do, do you still consider yourself a Republican? So it's a, it's a tough question. I do only in that because I don't want to give up on that fight. I mean, this country needs two healthy parties, yeah. a healthy Democratic Party and a healthy Republican. So I'm not going to give up that title. A country needs a good conservative and a good liberal movement at any time in their lives. I, so I, I still have the title, but I voted Democratic last election cycle. If it's Trump against Joe Biden, I'll vote Democratic this coming one. Because Anderson, I really believe it's down to one issue on the ballot. And not taxes, not even abortion, nothing. The one issue is, do you believe in democracy or do you believe in authoritarianism? And I think that's the only thing we should be voting on. Because you see a legitimate sl slide to authoritarianism if Donald Trump is reelected. I see if he's reelected, not a slide, a sprint. Because in January 6th, we saw the guardrails you know, of democracy held. The car hit the rails that kept you on the road. That rail can't take two hits. And now they know what they're doing. Now they know where the tricks are in the system. I guarantee you Donald Trump will not put people around him that are loyal to the Constitution and will push back. He'll put, if you interview 100 people, trust me, you're going to find somebody to be attorney general that simply tells you, I'll do whatever you want, Mr. President. Those guardrails are being ripped out. And that's what I see as, as what would happen, frankly, if he's reelected. He's, of course, exactly right. Donald Trump learned from his mistakes and learned how to go full authoritarian if he gets into power once again. He attempted to overthrow a democratic election last time. What will he do this time with even more loyal people alongside him? No Mike Pence or Bill Barr who will disagree in that moment. He's promising to lock up his political opponents at campaign rallies. He's threatening the life of his former top general on true social, calling for the termination of the constitution, says shoplifters should be shot on their way out of a story, etc. As Adam Kinzinger said, the guardrails of a democracy can handle one crash, but maybe not any more of them. So please, 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 I'll end on this, vote. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham is not someone I have respect for. His flip-flopping on Donald Trump, dishonesty on so many different subjects, and just all-around lack of a spine are aggravating characteristics. But in this rare moment, he said something absolutely true, shockingly, right to the face of fellow Republican Senator from Alabama, Tommy Tuberville. Now, before watching this clip, I'll give you the context on what's going on here. So Tommy Tuberville, as I'm sure you've heard, is holding up over 300 military promotions, meaning people can't assume roles that they should be in. And he's doing this as a protest of the Department of Defense's policy on abortion, where they're trying to make sure that service members in certain states with strict abortion laws aren't punished for being in that state compared to their blue state counterparts when seeking an abortion. Everyone in the military should have access to the same health care. 
and thus that necessitates giving time off and covering travel expenses for those individuals. Brigadier General Pat Ryder, who is a Pentagon spokesperson, explained it this way after the overturning of Roe v. Wade, quote, the practical effect of the recent changes is that service members may be forced to travel greater distances, take more time off, and pay more out-of-pocket expenses to access reproductive health care, all of which have readiness, recruiting, and retention implications for America's armed forces. So Tommy Tuberville is using his power in a pretty unprecedented manner to say, I'm going to hinder the entire military by blocking these promotions until you reverse that policy. And this, by the way, has been a process that for decades has been done with essentially no controversy until Tommy Tuberville. With that being said, here is a pretty fed up Lindsey Graham rightfully going after Tommy Tuberville over this stunt. The Pentagon has issued a legal opinion I disagree with saying this doesn't violate the Hyde Amendment. I disagree with it. Here's what's going to happen. You've just denied this lady a promotion. You did that. All of us are ready to promote her because she deserves to be promoted. She had nothing to do with this policy. Let me say it again. Everybody in this body could find an issue with any administration they don't agree with. And what we're going to do is open up Pandora's box. Today is abortion policy. If we take back the White House, we'll go back to the Mexico City policy, limiting dollars to be given to overseas entities that are engaged in the abortion business. Some pro-choice people don't like that. What would happen if they put a hold on all the officers because they don't agree with the Republican administration? There's a reason this, is, this has not been done this way for a couple hundred years. No matter where you believe it or not, Senator Turbeville, this is doing great damage to our military. I don't say that lightly. I've been trying to work with you for nine months. Folks, if this keeps going, people are going to leave. Let me tell you how the system works. You have 18 months, I think, from the time you're promoted to pin on. And if you don't make that gate, your time and grade up or out rule kicks in. There's some people that are waiting to be promoted that if they don't get promoted soon, they're going to be out of the military. Now, how does that help anybody if they're qualified? There's not one senator in here that could not find a reason to object to an administration policy. I mean, I rarely say this, but Lindsey Graham is exactly right there. If every time a senator disagreed on one of the policies of the Department of Defense, they blocked military promotions until it was changed, we'd have mayhem. It's super irresponsible, hindering our military in a time when that's really harmful. People's lives are being impacted in extremely negative ways. Service members' families, for example, are in limbo. Complete disaster. And let me give you an example of the impact of this on leaders in our military. General Eric Smith is the Commandant of the Marine Corps. And he was working as the Commandant and the Assistant Commandant. So number one and number two of the Marine Corps because of Tuberville's hold, which is so much to do. And by the way, recently he had a heart attack. Luckily he survived. We don't know if the stress of working two jobs contributed, but as people are saying, it couldn't have helped. Here's more on this from CNN. Smith himself telling the Marine Corps Times last month, quote, it is not 
a sustainable thing when the last thing you do is flip your computer off at 11.30 at night and you're getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning. General Smith is now receiving care, according to the Marine Corps, as they scramble to fill the void. Because as I mentioned, Smith does not have a confirmed deputy. The Senate hasn't confirmed an assistant commandant of the Marine Corps, hat tip Tommy Tuberville. The senior most general at Marine Corps HQ, Lieutenant General Karsten Heckel is now filling in for Smith. And Heckel was already doing two jobs because yet again, Tommy Tuberville's holds according to military.com. So now General Heckel's responsible for what, four jobs? The whole affair actually so confusing that the Marine Corps announced that Heckel would be acting commandant and then had to correct itself and say that Heckel would just be performing the duties of the commandant. So even though now he didn't have an assistant commandant to take over his position after this heart attack. So a different military leader had to jump in and there's a scramble going on. Still, Tuberville won't budge. There was a New Republic headline that said, you thought a heart attack might make Tommy Tuberville drop holds? Think again. And that's unfortunately exactly correct. He's punishing people who have no power over this DOD policy. And so doing harming our military readiness and he proclaims to be pro-military. Yeah, right, Tommy. Now, by the way, it isn't just Lindsey Graham among Republicans who is fed up. Here is Republican Senator Dan Sullivan also calling out Tommy Tuberville to his face. And the idea that some of these officers are supposedly woke or desk jockeys, it's ridiculous. These are some of the most combat experienced generals and admirals we've ever had in our country. Finally, Mr. President, these holds also they also pose strategic risk to our force. What does that mean? We are starting to see military officers saying, admirals and generals, I'm getting out. Or they have to get out if they're going to be timed out. I don't know what took Republicans so long to go this hard against Tommy Tuberville, but happy to see it now. Uh, to circle back to the policy at issue here, Tommy Tuberville saying it's unacceptable for the DOD to do what it's doing. A reporter asked the National Security Council's John Kirby the question of, if you really want to get these military promotions moving forward, why not revoke the DOD's policy on abortion? And John Kirby had the perfect response. Take a look at this. Security is truly at risk, as the administration says. Then isn't keeping that abortion policy in place, in effect, superseding national uh, security? How? I'm not sure I understand. Well, you want to get the, the, the nominations through, right? You take back the policy. Oh, so you, you so the suggestion is that we should just turn our backs. No, I get it. I didn't say it was yours. But the suggestion is we should just turn our backs on one in five of every every person in the United States military, let alone their family members, just so we can get these these officers confirmed. That's the suggestion that I think you're elucidating, um, and that just would be an egregious violation of the covenant that we make, the military makes, with the people that sign up and volunteer. Remember this, they're volunteers. There's not conscription, there's no draft. People volunteer for this. And when they volunteer for that duty, they have every right to expect that they're gonna get the health care they need. And let me tell you something else, a healthy force is a ready force. So don't talk to me about national security being impaired. Um, uh, the one impairing national security is Senator Tuberville, not only because he's depriving the military of necessary leadership in the field and at sea, but he's also willing to deprive female members of the military, 20% of the force, from necessary health care. That both, 
is a violation of national security. And John Kirby is exactly right there, perfectly said. So our national security is being harmed. Individual people's lives are being harmed. And meanwhile, Tupperville is out degrading our military in more ways than one. Yes, with his actions, as we're talking about here, and also his words. Here is him saying our military is headed downhill because it's too woke. Secretary Del Toro of the Navy, he needs to get to building ships. He needs to get to recruiting and he needs to get wokeness out of our Navy. We've got people doing poems on aircraft carriers over the loudspeaker. Uh, it, it is absolutely insane of the direction that we're headed in our military and we're headed downhill, not uphill. The only reason our military would be headed downhill is because of your absurd actions, Tommy Tuberville. And I can't get over that his best example of our military being too woke is poems are being read on the loudspeaker on ships, the horror. I know this next point is so obvious, but I still have to point it out. Republicans used to obsess over trying to exclusively brand themselves as for the military and the Democrats aren't, they hate the military. Can you imagine if a Democrat degraded military members as much as Tommy Tuberville does? You're too weak because you're woke, essentially what he's saying. And while degrading those who serve, imagine Democrat was doing that and then blocking military promotions. Fox News would call it the greatest offense to the military in American history. It would be all they're talking about. Not so much with Tommy Tuberville. And I'm hoping that now that there's more anger from Republicans, clearly they'll pressure him to change his actions. We'll see if that's successful. I wanna show you a clip though that I've shown a few times because it's just so good. Mark Milley says it's so much better than I could. And it's on the subject of this, the military's too woke talking point. In a hearing a couple of years ago, he was getting accused of that. You're too woke and the military's suffering because of it. And this highly respected, got to the highest imaginable place as the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, served for 40 plus years in the military, loyally to our country. And essentially what he says is, hell yeah, I'm woke. Um, first of all, on the issue of critical race theory, et cetera, I'll, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university, uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America. What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that, because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders, now and in the future, do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong with understanding having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend. And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers of being, quote, woke or something else because we're studying some theories that are out there. That was started at Harvard Law School years ago, and it proposed that there were laws in the United States, antebellum laws prior to the Civil War, that led to uh, a power differential with African Americans that were three-quarters of a human being when this country was formed. And then we had a civil war and Emancipation Proclamation to change it. And we brought it up to the Civil Rights Act in 1964. It took another 100 years to change that. So look it, I do want to know. And I respect your service, and you and I are both Green Berets. But I want to know. And it matters to our military and the discipline and cohesion of this military. 
And I thank you for the opportunity to make a comment on that. You gotta love it. You really do. So Mark Milley, other military leaders and the entire military should get the respect of Tupperville, not the despicable behavior they're currently receiving from him. This is so wild. Trump went on another one of his rapid fire rage sessions on his True Social account, posting videos of himself ranting. And the first one I'll play for you is representative of a pretty disturbing reality in our country. He promises that at his forthcoming criminal trials relating to his election interference efforts, he's going to finally bring forward the evidence that the election was stolen three years later. So apparently he has the damning evidence that is going to shut down prosecutors, but he's waiting to bring it forward. He has the evidence that would justify ripping Joe Biden out of the White House and installing Trump in his rightful place, but he's going to wait a few months to actually make it public. Very absurd. Take a look at this. Does anyone notice that the election rigging Biden administration never goes after the riggers, but only after those that want to catch and expose the rigging dogs? They are rigging dogs. They're horrible cheaters and liars. Massive information and 100% evidence will be made available during the corrupt trials started by our political opponent. Think of it. I got indicted by my political opponent. My political opponent indicted me because I challenged the election, which was rigged. We will never let 2020 happen again. Look at the results. Our country is being destroyed. We're going to make America great again, greater than ever before. But we have to do it now. 2024 is going to be the most important election in the history of our country. We're going to bring back America. Thank you. And I have more of these posts to show you. Of course, it has to be said, though, his political opponents didn't indict him. How that would even work with his two non-federal cases, I have no idea. Trump decided to do certain things that prosecutors have deemed against the law, and thus he's now experiencing the consequences. That's what's supposed to happen. I also want to again note, we've seen his rhetoric increasingly become more and more dehumanizing, now calling Democrats, I guess, who stole the election in his mind, rigging dogs. And we know how he feels about dogs. The idea, though, of him saying, now the evidence is going to be brought forward is truly hilarious. And I actually asked a Trump supporter at a past event about this. If it hasn't been brought forward by now in a court of law, is it time to just give up? As a reminder of this clip that you've likely seen, here's what he had to say, and then we'll get back to Trump's rants. Election was stolen. I'm assuming that's part of the treason. Well, that is treason. Election interference is treason. Right. So you agree, though, yeah. that in no official capacity has that been proven? You can't prove a negative, <laughs> You cannot prove something that... No, I'm can't saying... say it's been proven that it did not happen. I'm saying that if there indeed was this widespread voter fraud that stole the election uh -huh. from Trump, uh -huh. we have a legal process where you can bring that That's into court. Right. And, Mike and even Trump, to do that, even and Trump, didn't. even Trump appointed judges said, Matt, nothing here. We'll see. That's what happened 60 plus times. We'll see. We'll what does see. that mean? We'll see if it's adjudicated. I mean, afterwards, they might want to go back. And no, but I'm saying, what are we now, three years away from the election? No, you think it would have happened by now, right? You think they think something would have been done about this? Maybe. He's arguing that everything's A-OK, -okay, nothing to see here. And I just had to play that again. It cracks me up every single time. His response is, we'll see. We'll see. And then... Yeah, you think something would have been done by now, but that's the point, sir. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Maybe the reason nothing has been done is because there's nothing to be done because nothing was done that would necessitate something being done in response to what was done. Do you know what I'm saying? 
I'm sure he's one of the people, though, that is hyped for the big reveal at trial of this evidence that doesn't exist, that Trump will bring forward, but is waiting to for some reason, the sake of drama, I guess. Now, of course, Trump's lawyers better be working on an actual defense because going into trial and trying to prove that the election was stolen is a really bad idea if you have the interest of Donald Trump in mind. And I won't even be surprised if the judge established before the trial even started sort of the facts at hand. The election was not stolen and that has to be a given as we enter into this trial, sort of like the judge did in the civil case, the lawsuit brought against Fox News for defamation. The election wasn't stolen. That's not what we're litigating. We're litigating the potential crimes that Trump committed. But when I think about it, a little part of me does want to see Trump try to go and prove that the election was stolen in his trials and just watch the disaster that that would be. By the way, wasn't he supposed to have a press conference months ago to present all the evidence after one of his indictments? It was going to shut down his prosecutions and then he just canceled it. Next video. These highly political Biden lawsuits and indictments shouldn't be allowed to start until after the election is over. Who would ever think a thing like this would be allowed to start? We actually have one judge that wants the lawsuit to start the day before Super Tuesday. These are corrupt people. Our founding fathers are looking down at Biden with scorn right now. They're looking down on Biden and this administration with disbelief. We're going to make America great again. We're going to put America first. And we're going to have a great country. It's going to be called the United States of America. Thank you very much. Can someone please explain this to me? He's saying that the trials shouldn't be allowed to start until after the election, which if we really play that out, why is he saying that that should happen? Because he's a presidential candidate. That's his reason. So if you're logically consistent, just try to be for one second, you'd have to admit that that means if I commit a crime, I could just run for president and then the whole process has to halt. Obviously not. But that is what Trump's logic would require. We could go in that direction, have all these different special cases. If you're a candidate for this office, then we'll wait for this law. Or we could just have the law treat everyone equally and ignore your status. What you did, not who you are, is how the law should approach you. Law and order. Donald, something you say when you're encouraging law enforcement to shoot shoplifters as they walk out of stores, but aren't so fond of saying in relation to yourself. And I keep coming back to this, but it's so important, again, to emphasize statements like this from Trump exemplify the real reason people are upset that he's being prosecuted. They can't actually make an evidential case that this is politically motivated or that he didn't do anything wrong. They don't even want to engage with the specifics of the indictments. It's only about the last name on the indictment being Trump. It drives them crazy that the strong, wonderful cult leader could be held accountable under the law like any other person. But that is how our system should work. Quick side note, by the way, he reposted this photo for Halloween. Yikes. Now, while he's melting down on Truth Social, his lawyer is on Newsmax. This is Alina Abba saying this. What about the gag orders real quick? Because these things are just absolutely whack to me. Yeah. Um, he's campaigning for President of the United States again, and they're putting gag orders on him so what he can and can't say about a trial that is actually fueling his campaign, raising millions of dollars on it. How is this... Like, could they even possibly throw him in jail? What would that look like? <laughs> he's protected by Secret Service, sure. period. So I always tell people when they're panicked, listen, he's protected by Secret Service, number one. Number two, he did nothing wrong. So when people go to jails because they've done something wrong. What does she mean by that? 
Does she picture the Secret Service would have some sort of standoff with state or federal authorities? No, of course they would abide by lawful orders and coordinate with other law enforcement if Trump went to jail. It's absurd to act like Secret Service is going to prevent other law enforcement from doing what they need to with Donald Trump. Then the host of the show said this at the end of their interview. Yeah, I, will, I will dare this judge to try to throw him in jail. Yeah, campaign First Amendment. Yeah. First Amendment is a thing. It is a thing. <laughs> All right. Careful what you wish for, Mr. Newsmax host. You just may get it. Before you go, don't forget to become a member at LukeBeasleyShow.com slash membership. Just imagine you're watching right now and you're like, wow, this video is over. I'm sad. I want more. You can have more. There's more at LukeBeasleyShow.com slash membership where you get a daily bonus show only for our members. Plus, follow me on threads at Luke Beasley Official, Instagram at Luke Beasley Official, Twitter or X at Luke P. Beasley, and sign up for that Beasley Brief, a free morning newsletter that summarizes the previous day's events by going to LukeBeasleyShow.com slash brief, and I'll talk to you next time.